0: everyone and welcome to sugar pills your practical guide to self-care i'm your host candy washington and i can't wait to help you lead a more joyful life so let's get started on this week's episode And welcome back to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care. And before we jump into today's episode, which I am sure will be a very lively conversation with Aisha Bo Johnson, don't forget to like, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. Share it with a couple of your friends. Tag me over on Instagram at Candy Washington. I will show you some love and tag you back. And don't forget to check out the show notes for all of your free self-care goodies and dive into the basic guide to self-care for some of my favorite treats. So without further ado, let's meet Aisha Bo Johnson. She's a writer, digital content creator, and speaker. She specializes in beauty, lifestyle, and wellness. And prior to her career as a digital content creator, Aisha was a fashion publicist. During her career as a fashion publicist, she planned and executed a number of press events, New York Fashion Week shows, and brand launches, which is pretty impressive. So welcome, Aisha.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much for having
0: me. Absolutely. So do you want to tell us a little bit more about your start and your background? And then how did you make that transition from fashion publicist to, you know, a wellness, self-care, beauty, lifestyle, content creator?
1: Yeah, so I start. Well, I guess I started in in college. I was <laughs> I was uh, studying public relations. Well, I originally started out doing journalism because I wanted to be a fashion editor, um, mm-hmm. a magazine editor. But then I started to uh, learn more about publicists and what they did and how they executed events and different things behind the scenes, and that really intrigued me. So I made a transition while I was in school to uh, to majoring in public relations with a minor in fashion merchandising. And then from there, uh, after I graduated, I started working at various agencies with, as you mentioned, different ready-to-wear and accessories brands and um, working on New York Fashion Week shows, brand launches, uh, putting together Uh, media kits and reaching out to the media on behalf of the clients that I worked with. And my goal going in was always to eventually become the head of communications for a luxury fashion brand. And that was what I was striving to do when I was working really hard to get to that point where I was working in-house and I was leading all of the PR efforts for one brand. And I actually ended up getting that when I was 27. I ended up becoming the um, head of PR for a global luxury brand. And I realized that when I got there, I still wasn't very happy or fulfilled. Um throughout my time working in fashion, it was definitely a really unique experience. I felt really, you know, honored to be working in such a, a fun and fast-paced industry. But I think behind the scenes for me, uh, there were a lot of things that I didn't necessarily agree with and I struggled with just some of the dynamics of my coworkers and the clients that I had. So um it just wasn't, I I just felt like I just wasn't, it wasn't for me. I was excelling and I was doing really well, but mentally I felt like I wanted to do something more. I wanted to not only help others and make an impact on other people, but I was kind of tired of being in the background and (laughs) no matter like what I did, the clients and the my bosses always wanted more and they were never satisfied. And I just felt I needed to branch out. And um, one day I was in the office and i had always been able to, you know, keep it together relatively well throughout my time and, um, you know, and cry in private and <laughs> make sure yeah. that I, I um, you know, like I, I kept up a Good rapport with my coworkers and whatnot, but there was one day where I just had a panic attack in the office, and I no one saw. Obviously, I was yeah. I went to the bathroom again. But I it was a moment where I was just like, you finally reached the point that you had been working so hard to get to. You did it at such a young age, you know. Like you're here, but you're still unhappy. You're still unfulfilled. You're still working for people who are terrible (laughs) and (laughs) want to make your make your life even worse Uh, so like something's got to give and I decided to leave that job I didn't really know what I was going to do next Um, I had already been blogging just as a hobby Mm -hmm. since 2016 so I I had my blog and I was like well I guess I'll just continue blogging and see what happens (laughs) and you know figure it out along the way and um, so I left that job. I actually just had my three-year entrepreneur anniversary yesterday. Congratulations! Thank you very much. Um, yeah, it's crazy to say three years because that time when I left, I was like, okay, I don't know what I'm about to do. And I'm I'm a pretty type A person, so yeah. I always felt like I knew what. I was going to do like I knew like okay I I wanted to be a, a journalist but then I decided okay I'm going to be a publicist and I know that if I'm going to become a publicist I'm going to get to this level and whatnot like I just had a roadmap and this is the first time I didn't have a roadmap and I just allowed myself to see how it worked out and allowed myself to explore various opportunities that I wouldn't have um, if I had you know stuck the course in my old job and I was, I started freelance writing again. I was, you know, yeah, contributing would, to my, my blog. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> oh,
0: no, it's okay. No, I would just like to say, um, you know, what came up for me while you were talking and while I was researching you for our interview, there's a lot of um, similarities between us. Like I lived in yeah. New York and I worked um, again at a very high profile fashion house and PR and then left and did corporate marketing in PR and then got to that point which is what you're talking about where I was like this cannot be my life like there's something (laughs) bigger greater than myself I have a higher calling I have a purpose Mm -hmm. um and so I kind of left that world behind moved to LA to also become you know a digital content creator and um, all those fun things but I think what really resonated with me is you were talking really about your moment of surrender Right, where you, you were type A and you had everything planned out and then you're like, okay, there's really no there there. So mm-hmm. there has to be some, there has to be a different way. So I'm gonna surrender to the path coming to me rather than me trying to dictate and control the path. So I think um, I think that was like pretty powerful. And I love that, you know, you had that moment of, you know, there's something better for me. I'm gonna surrender to what is out there and and pave my own way rather than dictate and control what the way is because i definitely had um that moment myself and so what also resonated with me while i was uh looking over your story and your journey is you're talking about um being diagnosed with ptsd as a black millennial woman and Mm -hmm. i think that is um very relevant and very timely and i think literally all generations of black women (laughs) are suffering from some form of trauma or ptsd just Mm -hmm just for no reason other than just existing. So did you wanna talk a little bit about um, your diagnosis and your journey with PTSD?
1: Yeah, definitely. And you're like a thousand percent correct. I definitely feel like it's, when I found out that I uh, was diagnosed with PTSD, I felt like it made so much sense it made so much more sense for me because I had previously been diagnosed with anxiety disorder. And, you know, I, like I said, I'm type A, so I'm always, (laughs) my anxiety is always very high and I'm always, you know, worried and stressed and, and whatnot. And so that I understood, but when I was recently diagnosed with PTSD that really resonated with me because there you know I have gone through a lot of trauma and not just the trauma that I've experienced the the trauma that my mother has experienced has been passed down to me as well you know growing up and seeing what she's gone through has in some way become my my part of me and my DNA as well and you know having experienced those things and having always been that person who pushes through and continues on and like is praised for being resilient when sometimes you know it's okay to <laughs> to not be and to you know be soft and understand that these things have affected me and so since then i've i've really tried to do a better job of acknowledging the traumas that i've experienced mm-hmm. and not in a way in which I'm like, okay, I've acknowledged it, I'm throwing it away, but I'm I, I'm allowing myself to no longer feel held down or defined by those things. Mm-hmm. And it's definitely a, a consistent effort and a daily process. But I I do find I do feel it's something that is really relatable to a lot of other Black women because you know, as you said, like just existing it can sometimes be traumatic, you know, like you, you, the fact that you have to second guess how you wear your hair or how you dress or how you answer a question, you know, like every single minute is under the radar if you're working with other people or interacting with other people. So um, yeah, so it's, it's tough. It's really, really tough. But at the end of the day, I do feel like I am making strides on a day-to-day basis. And working hard to just uncover more of my own authenticity and stand more firmly in who I am and being comfortable in that. And that's definitely helped.
0: Absolutely. And and what came up for me when we were talking was, yes, there's absolutely, you know, like generational trauma passed down from, you know, grandmother to mother to daughter. Absolutely. There's generational trauma. And then there's also, you know, as you're talking about before, you know, being in corporate America or, you know, that type of structure, Mm -hmm. even at work. And also in life, there's always those like microaggressions as well. So there's like Mm -hmm. the big T trauma, like the big stuff that we kind of identify as, you know, trauma, but then there's also like the little trauma. It's like that. Oh, can I touch your hair? Or how does your hair do that? Or, (laughs) you know, um, Oh, that's such a unique name. Or like, where are you really from? Or, you know, just like little, yes. um, sec- or, or like if you're in a place and you have a position of authority and your authority is constantly being questioned, whereas mm-hmm. nobody else's authority is being questioned or your intelligence being questioned or you're, you know, so I think it's all of those microaggressions and those little traumas that add up to so much that of course we're living with PTSD and anxiety mm-hmm. and depression. Because when who you are is constantly being questioned or threatened, it, or you have to not be vulnerable and you can't be soft and you can't express who you are without the threat of backlash, you are no longer viewed as human. It's a way to dehumanize us. And we have to be mm-hmm. superwoman. We have to be you know, better and, and not react and not have feelings and just sort of pretend everything is okay and let it roll off our back when that's not the case, you know, we are fully formed, beautiful human beings who should be allowed to experience every spectrum of humanity as our authentic selves. So I think it's really good to have that conversation about, you know, you know as Black women carrying that trauma, carrying the generational trauma, carrying the, the trauma of microaggressions, carrying the trauma of existing. And I think, yeah. and I think, and I know like with me, what I had to deal with when it came to this was every time something would happen, I'd always think, "Is this happening because I'm black? Is this happening because right. I'm a woman? Is this happening because I'm a black woman?" And mm-hmm. when you always have to have that question, it it, it undermines your sense of self. And yeah. I think um, so. Yeah. So for me, kind of how I deal with that is um, therapy and journaling, um, creating boundaries, self acceptance work. Uh, working on self worth and just really letting go of giving an f of what other people think and just letting my humanity be enough yeah, and, and definitely fully so i love that we're having um <laughs> i love that we're having yeah, that yeah. conversation because sometimes it's it's yeah. hard to have it and especially with someone who identifies with it um, exactly.
1: Yeah, absolutely. no, I th- I think it's so important. And like you said, with therapy, I think that mm-hmm. is really, really important, too, because there was a point where uh, prior to being p- diagnosed with PTSD, I, like I said, I was diagnosed with anxiety, and I was just taking medication, but I was not seeing a therapist regularly and I think Mm. we really take for granted how important it is to have that outlet outside of ourselves that other person to talk to someone who you know doesn't know you isn't a part of your life outside of that hour that you're in their office and who can you know fully help you and help you to come you know come to a realization of like what it is you're going through and the fact that it's not okay and that your feelings are valid. So when I started to see a therapist regularly, I think that's when things really changed for me. You can do a lot of the internal work. You can do a lot of the, you can make it, take a lot of steps to, to practice self care on a regular basis. But I think that that is absolutely one of the most important aspects, um, that have helped me through this.
0: Agreed. Same. I think, um, For me, yeah, when I started going to therapy, I think that was a fundamental shift because Mm -hmm. I also think it gives you um, exactly like you said, it's an objective, licensed professional person who is there to only support you in your journey. You know, I think, think sometimes when we turn to friends or family, it's not that they have ill intentions, but. People who are connected to you in a certain way, they just see you through a certain lens and they have their own perspective and their own connection to what you're going through. So they can't really be objective. So I think it's really good to, to get a good therapist that you connect with and, and trust. And I think that's a really good thing to do on the journey. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So I also wanted to talk about uh, your pivot from going from a part-time content creator to a full-time content creator and influencer. Like you just uh, celebrated your your three-year anniversary, which I think is amazing. And I know a lot of people out there kind of wonder, you know, how do you become a content creator? How do you become an influencer? What is it? How do you sustain yourself on it? So did you want to give us any guidance on, on you know, becoming your full, a full-time entrepreneur?
1: Yeah, um, I think it's all about, there's a lot of, routine, a lot of discipline baked in because this is in itself, you know, a full-time job. And there are so many different moving parts, especially when you're starting out, you're essentially your you your photographer, your creative director, your your you know um, accountant, lawyer, all of those <laughs> things. Um, all of these roles I had to, to kind of dive into at the beginning of this journey. And it's just a lot to keep track of. So I think taking that into account as well, when, when you're going into this and knowing that it's a lot more than just, you know, beautiful photos online and getting free things and whatnot, there is, you know, there's a process to it. And I think once you start looking, looking at it as a process and you start building different routines from before you decide to branch out, making sure that you set aside time to write and to create content and that you're putting together a calendar so that you can plan and whatnot. When you set those things into play before you quit, I think it'll make it easier for you to really transition into that full-time content creator lifestyle because you do have to, you have to make sure you work so that you can get paid and get opportunities. Um, I think that's one of the things that's, that's difficult because at least in my nine to five, I could, <laughs> I could like read blogs all day. And <laughs> if I didn't feel like, you know, working at one point, like there was, there was a little bit of leeway, but now I feel like I have to to make sure that I'm you know doing all that I can to continue to not just stay relevant but to also stay top of mind for any brand partners that I have mm-hmm. um, but the transition wasn't too difficult because I had already been in leadership positions so I was used to managing my day um, but I definitely feel like if it's something you're interested in, it's important to just get started now and with what you have. Um, I think a lot of times people want to wait until they have, you know, more money to buy products and, and, you know, have pay for a, a fancy photo shoot or a space and all these things when I think it's important that you get scrappy at first and mm. you make do with what you have and you um you know showcase the things that you're doing currently that you have currently depending on whatever your niche is um because getting started building that audience takes time so I definitely tell people to um to just you know to to dive in and see what works and you just have to try I think we sometimes hold ourselves back because we're like oh I don't want to like look stupid or I don't want to put myself out there and like fail but no one has ever succeeded from doing everything right the first time. So I've learned along the way through trial and error, like my foot, my my photography has gotten so much better over the years because I've just continued to practice and to watch YouTube videos and read articles and whatnot to help home my craft. So I say get started and practice makes perfect and also just build routines.
0: Absolutely, and for everyone listening, um, if you're interested in this, head over to her Instagram. She has an IGTV series called Black and Blogging, so that might give you guys some extra insights as well. Mm. So give her a follow and definitely watch her IGTV series. Um, yes. And I'll link that in the <laughs> yeah. And I'll link Thanks. that absolutely. And I'll link that in the show notes as well for everyone to just click and watch. Um, so what came up for me when you were talking about, you know, putting yourself out there when you want to become a content creator or an influencer, I know one of my biggest challenges was, um, now I have the awareness to note that it, that this is what the challenge was at the time I didn't, but was really working on my self-worth and being able to know that I deserved to create a life on my own terms. And also Mm. that I could create boundaries and standards and be my own advocate. So for me, I had a lot of um, codependency issues. So, you know, negotiating a rate or not working for free or, um, you know, having uh, a pushback or saying this is what my rate is or this is my contract is. Those are, you know, difficult things for me in the beginning. You know, I had to really get comfortable with, you know, saying no or saying oh, like, yeah. this is what I deserve or this is what I need and doing all of that stuff because I was definitely, um, a people pleaser, definitely mm-hmm. a people pe- pleaser, definitely a yes person. Like I can do it. I got it. Give 120% all times at all times, always over giving, um,
1: oh my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Are you, are you like talking to me right now? Yeah. Yeah. No, When I was reading about you. I was just
0: like, I feel, I was just like, this is like a soul sister. Like I was, when I was reading mm-hmm. all your information, I was like, she and I have a lot in common. So um, <laughs> yeah, I was definitely a people pleaser, definitely very type A. Um, and so I had to learn really to, again, have my own humanity be my, like the, my own well being and my own humanity being my fast my best and first priority, so I really had to learn that you know it's okay to say no and people actually respect you when you say no and it's like you know it's okay to have boundaries mm-hmm. people respect you and you have boundaries it's okay to have standards people respect you and you have standards, you know. Um, so I really had to learn uh, those tools of you know. Stop people pleasing. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Stand in your own power, have standards, have boundaries, be your own advocate and show up fully um, in your life and your career. Because when I was looking at other entrepreneurs um, who were in this space, you know, none of them had problems saying no. None of them had problems pushing back. You know, none of them had problems saying this is what I will and will not tolerate or this is what my standards are. And I was just like, well, if I want to go from, you know sort of amateur hobby to a professional i need to learn how to act like the professionals and that started <laughs> with a mindset shift you know i started from the shift of i have to always say yes so everyone will will like me and think i'm valuable to no i'm already intrinsically valuable i get my validation from myself and this is what i stand for so did you ever yeah. have that that moment of that mindset shift between um I don't have to always overgive or say yes to, I am a business, I will get respect, and I am I can make my own rules, essentially.
1: Yeah, and I think this is something that also started prior to me deciding to branch out and become an entrepreneur. I think that when I really started to sink my teeth into my therapy sessions and really became much more self-aware and just... Um, I, I started to, to see what was wrong with the things around me and the way that I was behaving in my relationships because I was truly allowing people to step all over me. And I think with mm-hmm. that greater self-awareness, that's what brought on the panic, panic attack because I knew I wasn't living in my truth. I knew that this, this wasn't a situation that was going to help me to blossom or showcase all that I had to offer. So I had to get out of it. And so that was one aspect of it. And then now as an entrepreneur, I, I truly and wholeheartedly believe that self belief is the foundation to everything in life, every single aspect. Because when you believe in yourself, you no longer put up with people's bs. You don't, you know, you don't stay in in jobs that don't serve you. You don't stay in relationships with other people, whether it's romantic or just a friendship who don't value you and value what you bring to the table. And you also, you know, allow yourself to get more and to strive higher and to aim for what it is that you deserve. And because of the fact that I was new to this, I was a little nervous at first because I was like, well, I'm not a photographer. I'm not like, (laughs) I don't really know how much I should be charging, what I should be doing. But as my talents developed and as I noticed that my audience and my platform was growing as well and that I was providing value to people and that I was really doing a damn good job. That was when I, yeah, I had to say to myself, like Aisha, you have what it takes. These brands are reaching out to you because they see it as well. So don't let them take advantage of the fact that you know, you're so good and that you have this audience. And I had to just believe in myself and know, like even today, like if I say no to a brand, I'm fine. Because I know that there's another one out there who sees my worth and my potential. And they may not come to me tomorrow or next week, but it's going to happen and I will be fine. Because I'm not going to compromise what it is that I bring to the table just to say like, oh, I got to work with so-and-so or I got this opportunity. uh, Because I know that like, I've worked so hard to get to this point and I'll be damned if I, you know, if I just throw that to the wayside just because I want to, appease someone else so I I think once you stand firmly in your self-worth your self-belief that's when everything around you shifts and changes and I've noticed that so much just in my interpersonal relationships as well like Mm -hmm. I know what I bring to the table as a friend and I have no doubt about that or insecurity about that and I think everyone else is starting to, to really not look at me as the people pleaser anymore. (laughs) And I feel, you know, I feel valued a lot more because it starts from me. I value myself. So everyone else should follow suit. And then if you don't, then it's okay. We can just both move forward, (laughs) whether that be a brand or a relationship or another situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and I think it just goes back to, you know, especially even in this business and all business really it's all about relationships and it's always starts with the relationship that you have with yourself and like knowing what you deserve knowing who you are and knowing that your value comes from within it's intrinsic and you don't have to show do perform or prove your worth to anyone you're worthy just because you're here and then mm-hmm. everything else is just gravy yeah so I absolutely, exactly. yeah. absolutely love that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I mean, when my livelihood depends on it, I'm not about to sit here yeah. and take scraps from these brands. I'm like, oh, yeah, yes. exposure is not going to pay the bills. Exactly. Uh, this exactly. product is not going to put food on the table. So
0: accept lipstick for rent. Sorry. Exactly. Exactly. I don't know what they do in
1: your community, but yeah. here my like landlord would not money. accept that. <laughs>
0: Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, so on an exciting note, I want, are you getting married? Because I saw here that (gasps) you can talk about properly planning for a destination wedding during the pandemic. So is that a personal thing or? (laughs) It is personal. Uh, uh, No, I can, I can
1: definitely spill some tea about this. So my fiance and I are getting married in September I'm so excited. In September, um, in Sintra, Portugal, and we, oh my gosh, we've been engaged now since December, 2019. Thankfully, we always wanted to get married in 2021 because we knew that we were having it so far away in -hmm. Portugal. So we wanted to give ourselves and everyone else enough time. So our date hasn't changed but um, we're working with some amazing planners out in Portugal and they've been fabulous and it's just been like a really exciting process I didn't know I wanted a fairy tale wedding until I saw the venue that we chose and it's like this big like uh, this big like pink mansion house like in the the forest it's really cool and (laughs) yeah and and it's funny though, because the, the 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 venue is really big, but I, we've always wanted like a really intimate wedding. So the goal is like, right now we're a little over, but we, <laughs> the goal is about 60 people. And right now we have about 70 or so people who have RSVP'd, but um, I'm really excited. Um, I already, I got my, I picked my dress in September and now I'm just like, plugging away at all the other little details and planning for my bachelorette and bridal shower and all the exciting things that lead up to it but yeah that's what's happening
0: (laughs) yay that's super exciting I couldn't imagine planning it during a a a pandemic I bet that had of anxiety but you sound super excited about it so that's really good yeah I'm very excited I mean we still aren't we still are not allowed in Portugal yet but
1: (laughs) I think that's that's the part that's the only part that's really stressing me out at this point Um, I think with a destination wedding you have to just plan way in advance so you can just do things little by little and that's been really helpful for us so now we're just waiting for them to open up the borders and allow us in um, but we still have some time. They're opening it up to the UK, to the rest of the UK in May. So I, from all the, the articles that I've read and predictions from different travel analysts and all that stuff, we should be fine by the fall. So fingers crossed.
0: All <laughs> the yeah, vaccines are rolling out. So that should be good. Exactly.
1: Exactly. So
0: were you with your fiance, um, prior to your self-love self-care journey, or was he someone that? you know, came to you once you started, you know, really working on your self-love and self-care journey? I met him like right at the beginning mm-hmm. of my self-love journey. Um,
1: so I, I had gone through, I had a really terrible breakup and relationship prior, and that was something else that also fueled this journey inward. And he, mm-hmm ended up popping up right in the early end of it right in the early part of it but um it's been nice because I definitely feel there is some stigma about dating while you're on a self-love journey and your self-care journey and people are like oh you have to make sure that you're you're whole and you're you're this and that before you start dating but I definitely feel that you can grow while being with the right person um and I'm fortunate enough to be in a relationship with someone who uh was was really receptive and supportive of my personal growth and my personal journey I think it's just about setting boundaries though in that um, where I'm not just going to leap into this relationship and throw all my self-care out the window I still you know prioritize myself and also got to know him and have our relationship grow and inspire him too to seek therapy as well um, for his own you know things that he was going through and I just I feel like therapy is just so important and so it's definitely been a a beautiful journey for both of us to continue to grow um over these past few years so yeah that's a that's a testament to you don't have to you know (laughs) be completely whole and actualized before you can start dating because if that's the case then
0: all of us need to be
1: single until (laughs) until the end of time
0: like (laughs) i don't think you have to wait because i think when people say that it almost seems like well I have to be 100% healed and perfect before I'm like ready for love and it's just like no that's actually like the opposite it's like you know yes we want to be complete whole people um but it's 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 a journey and and, and yeah. I think it's a journey that will always be on you'll always be rediscovering yourself you'll always be evolving your level of consciousness will always be you know awakening and getting on you know higher planes or whatever. And I think what you did is really smart. You know, you found someone that you really resonated with and you inspired each other to be better, more empowered versions of yourselves. And I think that is a really true testament that you can grow, you know, with someone Mm -hmm. while you love yourself and grow in love with that person as well. So I think, yeah, I think that's great. I I don't agree as well with you have to (laughs) blah, blah, blah. It's just like, no, like life waits for a man and i'm sorry exactly you know someone you vibe with hold on for dear life like <laughs> yeah. right hello like oh no i'm gonna
1: you're perfect but i'm gonna i'm gonna put you on ice until yeah like, okay great and then they they're gone forever and like, hold on let me go self-actualize
0: real quick i'll be right back. Like, no, <laughs> exactly exactly so no right no somebody else <laughs> uh uh not today satan right (laughs) not today
1: (laughs) so funny that's funny you say that because that's like one of our favorite like phrases we say (laughs) (laughs) is so (laughs)
0: true not today not my love Mm -mm. Mm -mm. (laughs) so you have been such a pleasure having on the podcast and I know that you have a podcast Rewritten yes. so do you want to tell us a little bit about that as we uh, wrap up
1: yes so Rewritten is my baby I am so excited I started it last year um and it's all about self-love rewriting your narrative and it tackles various subjects that come back to that specific foundation mm-hmm. so whether that is boosting your self-confidence, thinking about your sensuality and self-care, prioritizing yourself, forgiveness, all of those, those topics I think tie back to loving yourself more deeply and knowing that you can always rewrite your narrative as many times as you want, as often as you want, as long as it fulfills you and it fills you up. So in my episodes where I'm by myself, they're usually pretty short, uh, between seven to like 10 minutes. And then um, I sometimes have guests on and then it's, it's a bit longer from there. But yeah, I think it's, it's, a, it's meant to just you know, boost your mood and to help you to feel more empowered on a day-to-day basis.
0: I love it. I love it. Yeah. Thank you so much, Aisha, for coming on. It's been a pleasure. I feel like you're my soul sister. Yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so one thing you want um, everyone who's listening to take away from this conversation, what's that one thing you want us to, to know?
1: Hmm. Um, so I feel like I kind of said it already, but I guess I'll elaborate just a little bit. Um, in the 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 fact that self-belief is the foundation. Like you have gotten through so much in your life up until this point. You have faced and conquered many an obstacle up until now. So it's all about trusting and believing that you'll continue to get through and that you continue to be a light to not only yourself, but those around you. And when you believe that, you'll embody that and you'll admit that energy to the world around you in in every single decision you make so I just say to everyone just practice believing in yourself practice that those affirming words and that uplift be your your greatest cheerleader because that is going to then make everything else fall into place
0: yes amen Yay. So, for <laughs> I will have um, word to connect with Aisha and follow her all in the show notes but do you want to quickly share with us where can we find you yeah
1: so I'm primarily on Instagram at Aisha Bo and I also have a YouTube channel um, you can find me youtube.com slash Aisha my blog is Aisha I'm uh, very easy to find everything is Aisha Bo <laughs> okay. um, Yeah. Yeah. And then rewritten podcast.
0: Okay, great. Thank you so much, Aisha. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to like, rate, review and subscribe to the podcast and share this with a friend who might need a little self-love today. And until next time, everyone be well. Thank you so much for joining me and please be sure to rate, review, and subscribe. And don't forget to share this podcast with a friend. Head over to Instagram and join me at Candy Washington. I can't wait to hear from you.